Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Sawcox. In this week's edition of Insight, we discuss salary research, the farm capacity search, a royal commission lurch, and of course, the Catholic Church. We recap one of this year's most read stories about what's happening to Catholic Church insurance. It's second to none. Two thirds of insurance industry bosses are planning on increasing salaries by more than 3%. But at Insurance News, it's Saint gonna happen. And there's some good news about capacity in the farm sector. If you're looking for flood insurance, I know a guy. Ah, oh, even that one's too much for me. Hello everyone. This week, my congregation includes senior journalists, Miranda Maxwell and Bernice Han, deputy editor, Wendy Pugh, editor, John Deeks and chairman, Terry McMullen. Good morning, Bernice. Morning, Andrew. Do you think I should leave a pause in my intro so listeners can hear you all groan? No, no, you're doing perfect to me. <laughs> Hello, Terry. Good morning. Warning another pun. You look divine. <laughs> I don't, don't know if I can stand it that early in the day, Andrew. I, as a sub-editor, I've, I've spent half my life inventing puns. Well, maybe you should be giving me some help. Hello, John. <laughs> Hello. I was trying to include some Life of Brian quotes. Have you got any suggestions? Uh, uh, he's a very naughty boy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that applies to. <laughs> Terry. What? I'm not the Messiah. I'm just a very naughty boy. That's right. I'd go along with that. <laughs> Hi, Miranda. How are you? Good. You seem like someone who always looks on the bright side of life. Oh, sure. I'll whistle if you like. Maybe later. And hello, Wendy. Hello, Andrew. This intro is really all for you. It's been a week since our breaking news, but there's still a lot of interest in what's happening with the Catholic Church insurance. Wendy, can you give us a recap? Well, yes, I said last week that they're not doing uh, renewals or issuing new policies after failing to get a sufficient capital top up from their shareholders. So they're going into runoff, which could continue over um, a few years, and they stress that they have sufficient resources to continue to cover uh, the claims that uh, come forward from those who've held policies. Um, so CCI has employed about 300 people, so the future for them is obviously uh, a bit up in the air. Um, CCI had previously uh, indicated this decision could be made um, and they have um, spoken about the impact from the claims that continue to be filed due to the historical abuse issues. Um, so they remain at pre-licensed um, and the regulator says it will continue to monitor um, the insurer during this runoff phase. Well, despite my pun-filled guilty pleasures, it's sad to see a historic company like this fail, Terry. Where does this leave the customers? Oh, stranded, probably. Um, the assets CCI insured were things like churches, schools, old age homes, and, of course, the thing that's brought this company down is the misbehaviour of clerics, care staff injuries from lifting and so on. And now when the chips are down, the bishops who run the diocese won't dig into their tax-free money piles to prop up their own insurer. So good luck getting the kind of deals you were getting from CCI because that won't be easy to replicate. I, I don't see Warren Hutchin and Ansvar racing to take up the slack either. Uh, things like private schools and churches aren't attractive risks and come to that, neither are the clerics. Well, it's the year of pay rise. 
which is news to me, Miranda. You've been covering the latest report from recruiter Hayes. Yes, I hope you're listening to this one, Andrew. Hayes surveyed 14,000 people and found all but a stingy 5% of insurance employers are planning to offer some sort of pay increase, mostly about 3 to 6%, although 11% were planning raises of 7% plus. Um, the intensity of the skill shortage is still forcing them to offer bigger salaries than they had planned to. And Hayes says employees still hold the bargaining power, although it also warned them not to price themselves out of consideration because profit margins are tight and so salary increases can only stretch so far. The survey found staff feel undervalued and underpaid and expectations failed to align because two-thirds of staff wanted to be paid 7% more, but only about 1 in 10 employees were going to do that. And a lot of staff were still planning or considering moving to a different employer. So it's a tricky one for insurers to navigate to attract and retain staff without breaking the bank. Mm. Well, this won't solve the underlying issue of a lack of talent coming into the industry, will it, Terry? Yeah, I was talking about this with an insurance friend the other day, and we decided we should embrace the fact that no one we know set out to build an insurance career, and when they did join, they never left. But, you know, look, seriously, we've been fiddling with this problem forever, and I've attended so many what-shall-we-do-about-recruitment debates and discussions over the years that I've, I've come to the conclusion insurance won't reach the talent it needs until it focuses on public attitudes to the industry and does something about them. Unless we invest in lifting our image as an industry instead of single bodies or companies doing little bits here and there, the, the talent gap's just going to remain, Andrew. And all the high performers are going to keep going to the banks and, and the other financial institutions. We really have to do something to get the right people. Well, Wendy, as we reported yesterday, there's been some much-needed new capacity in the farm sector. Well, the Allstate Underwriting Agency says it's gained additional Lloyd support uh, to underwrite its farm package, uh, um, a livestock product and a new SME commercial package for rural and regional businesses. Um, Allstate's part of Envest, which is owned by UK-based Ardona. Um, so the farm package is supported by a number of Lloyd syndicates and HDI Global Specialty. Uh, the livestock product, um, which covers stock losses and accidents, is underwritten by um, um, Markle and Canopius is supporting the uh, SME commercial package. Randy, you've been chatting to rural brokers recently for a magazine Long Read. Presumably this will be well received? It definitely will. Uh, the catastrophe losses have been really clear. The effect of those have been really clear in the rural space. There's been a lot of damaging hail and the floods, and that's pushed premiums way up and seen some select exits by underwriters. Argus, for example, is still looking for an underwriter and insurance facilitators is in the same boat, I believe. So this, this is great news for Allstate and it's a bit unexpected. Uh, as we know, CGU dropped its 20% crop commission to nothing um, and that illustrates just how tough it is for brokers trying to manage cover in rural areas 
even though the rain's great for crops, the cost and delays of getting machinery parts and labour to rebuild and arguing the case about how big a flood risk your property is, is really challenging. And there was a lot of grumbling from the people I spoke to about insurers being inflexible and having a bit of a computer says no attitude. So any breakthrough in adding capacity puts the ball back in the court of brokers just that little bit and gives them more options to find appropriate cover. All right. Moving on. Um, <clears throat> many people remember Kenneth Hayne. I didn't realise that Kenneth was his first name. Uh, the star of the 2018 Financial Services Royal Commission. He's back in the headlines, Bernice. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, how can we forget Kenneth Hain? I didn't. Um, so he has said uh, very little since 2019 when his recommendations to clean up the industry uh, was made public. So he made a rare appearance or rare speech rather at the International Congress of Actuaries in Sydney last week. So um, he revisited, uh, revisited a number of key themes that emerged from his inquiry and issues like conflict of conflicts of interest, remuneration and culture that cause harm to consumers. So he did make it a point at the start of his speech to say that his reports and findings speak for themselves. So he just want to, you know, discuss the, top the topics again. So um, there is a link between conduct and reward. So he's saying that pursuit of commercial gain drives misconduct. And he also questioned if conflicts of interest and duty can ever be managed if an advisor's personal interest were to collide with their duty to a client. And he says um, it's even worse if, if an advisor is remunerated by a company to recommend their products. And with customers, they often rely on advisors to make decisions. So what happens if advisors recommend inappropriate products? So he's saying that these are issues for us to examine and decide what we should do. Yeah. This comments remind me of a pre-COVID life. Uh, very different times, maybe. Isn't it all about Michelle Levy these days, John? Yeah, I suppose it is in many ways. Um, but let's not forget that the quality of advice review wouldn't even be happening at all if it wasn't for a Hain recommendation. Uh, it's interesting to read Hain's recent comments on remuneration and conflicts of interest and contrast those with the fact that Michelle Levy has recommended that commissions in general and life insurance should stay. But of course, remember that Levy is no fan of commissions. She just believes that at this point, banning them would do more harm than good. And of course, we still don't know 100% where all this is going to end up because we're still waiting for the government's response to the Levy final report. It should come through any day now. Just don't hold your breath. Uh, the first disaster ready fund project has been announced, Benis. What is it? And do insurers approve? Uh, yes, yeah, so the Disaster Ready Fund or DRF is a, a 1 billion program created by the Albanese government. So it starts July 1st. Uh, it replaces the Emergency Response Fund. So as the name suggests, it's about being prepared for bushfires, cyclones and floods. So um, up to 200 million has been committed every year for the next five years to help uh, communities improve resilience. So it, it will support projects like floodways, uh, seawalls, basically anything that uh, targets uh, risk reduction. So um, over the weekend, um, the first announcement was made about who will be getting the first round of uh, allocation and it, it's Queensland. So it's about 20 million to be exact. Uh, and Queensland has, has, of course, welcomed it. And so have um, Queensland-based insurers uh, Suncorp and RCQ. 
so um, Queensland is saying that with this 20, extra 20 million, it will now be able to extend its household resilience program by another three years. So, um, and it expects about at least 1,000 homes to, you know, benefit from the program. They can apply for the fund to do things like roof strengthening and cyclone shutters installation. And uh, Suncorp CEO uh, Steve Johnston has called it a win for the communities in cyclone-prone areas. And he says uh, mitigation works will help with uh, premium pressure. Yeah. From the ERF to the DRF, this is presumably the first of many such projects, Wendy? Well, as Bernie says, it's a $200 million a year funding, so there should be a lot more news to come uh, out from this on what the other projects are that have been approved. Uh, so applications are made through the states and territories which have to put up projects with um, matching funding to kind of maximise the amount of money that's uh, flowing through. Um, and applications for this first round closed on March 6th and the, um, uh, the selected projects are due to be announced around the middle of this year. Um, and the, the government's now also getting uh, started on the process for round two of the funding. So, you know, there should be a lot of things being announced, not not just this year, but but looking ahead. And finally, John, you've been reporting on a rival insurance podcast, one with a better looking and more intelligent host. I mean, that's a low base. Uh, what were you thinking? Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh I, do, I suppose other people are allowed to do insurance podcasts. but no, so, so this is a Munich Re podcast, and it's hosted by the local MD, Scott Hawkins. Uh, and the latest episode featured is a discussion with ICA CEO Andrew Hall, all about the affordability of insurance, uh, which, as we know, is a big issue. Um, I've had a listen. It's good stuff. There's definitely less puns, a lot less puns. Uh, but uh, Andrew Hall makes some pretty strong comments when talking about uh, how we can how we can solve this issue of uh, insurance affordability and and uh, insurance getting far too expensive for some people in high risk areas. You know, he says that um, increasing resilience is the key, along with better land use planning. And he's got some quite strong comments for those who think there's another way. He says there's effectively no silver bullet aside from doing the hard work. It's one of those bits of news that sometimes people don't want to hear. They think maybe there's a different way of doing it. We could come up with a government reinsurance scheme or we could pool all those risks into one community owned fund or the like. But he says in nearly every one of these circumstances, if you haven't reduced the risk, the cost is still there and someone is going to have to pay. Um, quite interesting that he's dismissive of reinsurance pools and and the like when we've actually got one that's up and running but maybe he's talking more about expanding that to cover flood uh and other things which has been discussed um but yeah he 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 believes that he's starting to get through to the government having much more honest discussions these days he says so uh i guess we'll see how how this sort of mitigation spending pans out dismissing reinsurance pools on a reinsurance podcast do you think the ICA's message is getting through, Terry? Well, it won't be getting through on a podcast with Munich Re, that's for sure. Um, if you want to talk audience size, uh, I'd like to see, you know, I'm I'm really happy that that he the ICA is is sort of, you know, running alongside all this stuff and knows what is 
going on but i i guess i hang around different insurance venues from them and i talk to a lot of people about these sorts of problems and people are sick of the no silver bullet solution answer um i think people would much prefer to really know what could be done if there was full commitment from from governments to, to actually do something you know 20 million bucks we were talking about before that'll grow that'll build about five k's of a freeway um i'd prefer to see us doing some blue sky thinking rather than being constantly told there's no solution and that that i guess is my my main my main criticism of where they're trying to uh get us to information's one thing but I'd, I'd really like to see a bit more vision and that brings us to the end of this week's insight podcast by insurance news thank you once again to the panel john deeks wendy Pugh, benice han miranda maxwell and terry mcmullen enjoy your week and thank you all for listening if you have any questions or comments please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au we value your input you can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and all your favorite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week.